This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Gais Kamendieta, and you listen to La Liga Lowdown. Hi, my name is John Gudetti, and this is La Liga Lowdown. Hi, everyone. David Garrido here. It's Geiska's old team, who featured in the big game on Sunday night, and it's John's current team, who've made the headlines on Match Day 8 in Spain's top division. Yes, welcome along. This is the La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Raiders Tukhanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157. Boy, do we have some stories for you. And as always... All of the squad are involved in telling them. Coming up, Alex is all over Alaves' ascent as the alarm bells sound for Julian Lopetegui and Real Madrid. In La Liga, the main issue has been the midfield. Real Madrid's main motor from last season looks tired. And to be honest, it was probably not in Los Blancos' best interests that Croatia made the World Cup final. Paco was at Mestalla for Barcelona's trip to Valencia as the champions are held. At the end of the day, Valencia fans left the stadium quite pleased because, yeah, the team isn't scoring as easily as last season, but they are getting there. Which means we have new leaders. Sevilla atop after a fourth straight win, while Ewan's focus is sharply trained on improving Atletico Madrid, who rise to third behind Barca. It might sound frivolous, but I think there's something to it. It's the fact that Stefan Savic has been out injured since September 12th. Just think about that. And Roman tells us why Espanyol are the real deal for the European places after beating Villarreal. Last season, their project seemed more exciting and was a total disaster. This year, we could probably say that the squad isn't as good, but that doesn't seem to be a problem. So a lot of credit to Rubi, who is definitely the best thing that has happened to the team. Plus, Real Sociedad win the Basque derby 3-1. Real Valladolid win three in a row. There's plenty of fans' perspectives as always, and we'll have your three-word verdicts from the weekend. That is all on the way. There's been a few shock results this season. Now, this should be one, but bizarrely, it doesn't feel like it is a shock. Final score at the Estadio Mensorota, Alaves 1, Real Madrid 0. Now, one of the worst bits about this for Madrid is that you could absolutely see this coming. Maybe not the late drama of the goal itself, though, scored by Manuel Garcia. The Guardian is up there this time. Swung in beyond Courtois. It might be in. It is! Would you believe it? Right at the day! Absolutely stunning. And I think it's a substitute, Manu Garcia, who's got the goal 
It's sensational win for Alaves tonight. More points dropped for Real Madrid. Yes, that's how it happened on 11 sports in the UK in the 95th minute. And what preceded it from a Madrid point of view was pretty poor. So no Marcelo, Dani Carvajal or Isco admittedly all injured, but otherwise plenty of ability in a team who enjoyed 70% possession. But just like against CSKA Moscow in midweek, they failed to create any meaningful chances of note. Only Dani Sebaos' shot saved by Fernando Pacheco and a tame Gareth Bale free kick also dealt with relatively comfortably. It was Pacheco's opposite number, Thibaut Courtois, who got his positioning all wrong, though, for that corner late on, where he diverted Ruben Sobrino's original header to Manu Garcia, and that led to an embarrassing defeat for the visitors. Madrid simply weren't direct enough. They weren't incisive enough. They looked short of both brain and brawn. Madrid needed a player, starter or sub, to take this game by the scruff of the neck and impose themselves on it. They didn't have that nor did the coach. And that leads us to another element of this game which shouldn't be underestimated, the substitutions. Abelardo brought on Ruben Sobrino for one of his talismani by Gomez and Manuel Garcia came on for Mubarak Wakaso. Bold changes made by the Alaves boss and indeed those two subs combined for that winning goal. Not so for Lopetegui. Mariano on for Benzema at half-time. Marco Asensio for Casemiro after that. Vinicius Jr. for the injured Bale late on. But all of those decisions proved ineffective. And the stats are damning. Real Madrid have now failed to score in four consecutive games in all competitions for the first time since April 1985. That's 33 and a half years. And the goal drought itself extends to 409 minutes. That's almost seven hours. And it's the second worst drought currently in Europe's top five leagues behind only Dijon, who are 16th in Ligue 1. And it's the first time that Madrid have lost at Alaves in the league in 87 years. For Lopetegui, five wins in his first 11 games in all competitions as Madrid coaches clearly well below what he would have expected. So what is going wrong and who is to blame? Alex Johnson is La Liga Lowdown's lady in the north. Uh, Alex, what is your read on what is happening with Los Blancos? After the defeat against Alaves, Julian Lopetegui said, naturally, we are disappointed because we wanted to win. We created chances and we played well. But the fact is we didn't score goals. And that, the lack of goals, the lack of Cristiano Ronaldo is what most people speak about and it is a big point but I'm not sure it is the whole reason to why Real Madrid are struggling. In La Liga the main issue has been the midfield. Real Madrid's main motor from last season looks tired and to be honest it was probably not in Los Blancos best interests that Croatia made the World Cup final because Luka Modric ran his battery down in Russia and it hasn't fully recharged yet. Isco being out has also left the midfield exposed and without much creativity. Marcelo's injury has been a big blow and Gerrit Bale is too injury prone and too afraid of getting injured meaning he doesn't go into as many duels and doesn't score as many goals and then the question has to be asked is Marco Asensio ready for the responsibility and expectations that has been put on him so maybe Ronaldo is missing and maybe Madrid should probably have signed another striker but the problems are considerably more than just that Cheers, Alex. Plenty of food for thought then at the Bernabeu and Valdebebas, the training ground for Real Madrid. So could Barcelona take advantage of their rivals slipping up? Well, the answer is not really, as they were held to a one or draw by Valencia and Mestalla, and they had to come from behind to get that point. Los Ches opener arrived with the crowd barely settled into their seats. Gonzalo Guedes forced the corner, which Dani Parejo took. It skimmed off the head of Thomas Vermaelen, off the back of Jara Piqué, and Ezequiel Garay touched it in. But that was Guedes' last meaningful action of the first half. He was injured again as his studs got caught in the turf, meaning that he had to be replaced by Denis Cheryshev. Not part of the plan 
for Marcelino. Barcelona were level before half an hour had elapsed. Lionel Messi down the centre towards the box. Little ball into Luis Suarez, who laid it back to him. And there was nothing that Neto could do about Messi's shot into that bottom right-hand corner. In the second half, Valencia did ask some questions, but it was mainly Barca dominating, as you might expect. Philippe Coutinho got himself into a fantastic position, but just delayed too long. And Jose Gaia made the challenge. Messi threatened again, but Galay shut him off. And just like last Tuesday against Manchester United, Valencia had to dig in, and they did just that. It's another draw for them. A sixth in eight games in La Liga. A seventh in ten in all competitions. And for Barcelona, it caps a peculiar change of form in the league. They started off with four wins from four, but that's been followed by draw, loss, draw, draw. Bakabolit is our man in Valencia. He was at Mestalla and he filed this full-time report. Yes, it's another draw for Valencia, but the important outcome of this game against Barca was the extraordinary defensive display by Marcelino's men. They showed their fighting spirit, especially after Gonzalo Guedes' unfortunate injury on the first 10 minutes of the game. Valencia lost one of their biggest attacking weapons in came Cherishev who worked very hard and helped quite a lot on the midfield but wasn't obviously as inspired when trying to generate chances around Barca's goal. At the end of the day Valencia fans left the stadium quite pleased because yeah the team isn't scoring as easily as last season but they are getting there. Thank you Paco. Uh, well Valencia fans that we spoke to afterwards at Mestalla don't sound too worried about the fact that they're 14th to the table on just 9 points. Very serious match from Valencia really tough in defence awarded very very few shots on the goal of Neto it has been a very tough game but we were keep pushing we were keep fighting every moment we have a lot of players with a lot of talent victories will come 1-1 one, one is a good result for us and I think this is the uh, way we need to play uh, the ongoing games. Now this was our chosen game for Partidas Predictions which is our usual Friday video on our YouTube channel uh, where we try and forecast the final score in one of the matches in La Liga so just head to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash La Liga Lowdown or simply put La Liga Lowdown into your search engine. A pack off got it spot on three points for him. I got the result but not the scoreline so just the one point for me, nothing for anyone else. So here are the overall standings. Paco and Ewan McTeer, joint leaders on eight points. Alex Johnson, Roman Derker and myself now tied for third on four points. Now Atletico Madrid did very briefly sit top of La Liga on early Sunday evening after a 1-0 win over Real Betis. This was once again a clash of styles and if anything it was Betis who shaded a poor first half but Atleti improved in the second. Nikola Kalinic hitting the post with a shot on the turn but the goal itself was an excellent strike from the edge of the box from substitute Angel Correa and it is almost like his first name is substitute. Correa is not a guaranteed starter for Diego Simeone and there is now more competition in wide positions with the likes of Thomas Lamar and Jelson Martins joining the club. But his work rate and his contribution is not to be underestimated. It certainly isn't by Simeone, who claims the top clubs distinguish themselves from the rest by the strength of their benches. Well, the result means that Atletico's unbeaten run in meetings with Betis extends to 15 matches. And in this little sprint of games in between international breaks, they've not lost in eight, winning six with four clean sheets. And they're just the one point off the lead. So how have they turned it around? Well, here is La Liga Lowdown's Ewan McTeer. I think one of the most important things that happened for Atletico Madrid during the international break was that some of their players were able to rest. So many important members of the squad went to the World Cup. The Spaniards went to the last 16. At the back, Godin, Jimenez, Felipe Luis and Lucas Hernandez all went to at least the quarterfinals and their star man Antoine Griezmann of course went all the way. They looked shattered at the start of the season but have looked much fitter in recent weeks, Griezmann especially. Tactically, there's been a shift as well. In mid-September, 
Diego Simeone said, if we can have less possession, but have the other team score fewer goals against us, then I'd like that. Well, that's what's happened. Atletico's possession percentage has gone down from 50.6% before the break to 48.8% since then. Finally, there's a third reason why I think they might have improved. It might sound frivolous, but I think there's something to it. It's the fact that Stefan Savic has been out injured since September 12th. Just think about that. Cheers, Ewan. And the Atleti fans that we spoke to outside the Wanda are quietly confident about how they're progressing. I think the figure of Griezmann is uh, very important to improve the level of Atletico de Madrid. And now we are the first of the league. That's something I'm very happy. We're now better than before. The trigger are playing better. This year is a really important year for us. We're playing the final in our stadium. So I think the team is uh, focused on winning every weekend. The improvement is just getting a result and being calm about things. So much for the big three who at the start of the season all had their own arguments for being title contenders but the team who actually sit top of the table right now are Sevilla after a fourth straight win. This latest one came courtesy of an inspired performance at the Sanchez Pizjuan 2-1 against Celta Vigo who finished the game with 10 men. The opening goal came just before half time. Jesus Navas with a pinpoint cross to pick out the unmarked Pablo Sarabia to head home for his ninth goal in all competitions this season. Celta's task became even harder just before the hour. Nestor Araujo getting two yellows in three minutes off he went at the second for clattering into Wissam Ben Yedda who then got Sevilla's second goal immediately after the hour which needed VAR to be given as Sofian Buffal made the last five minutes a touch nervier in Nerion with a superb run and strike into that bottom right hand corner but Sevilla held on for the win in their seventh game in the space of just 22 days and boss Pablo Machin said afterwards that this international break comes at a good time to recover his gladiators well it's also a good time Pablo to put your feet up have a glass of red wine and enjoy the fact that your team are top of La Liga. For Celta Vigo, though, their early season momentum has well and truly fizzled out. They took seven of the first nine points on offer. They've taken three of the 15 since then. They're winless in five games. Captain Hugo Mayo said that all the players can give a lot more, but that it isn't a moment to lose heart as there's still a long way to go this season. We're going to take a break, but we'll be back with the rest of the action from match day eight in La Liga very shortly. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome. 
Welcome back to the La Liga Lowdown mini pod with Redis Akarnov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America as we continue to recap match day eight in Spain's top division. Now, a team who are level with Real Madrid and Alaves on 14 points are Espanyol after their 3 1 win over Villarreal at the Erce Stadium on Sunday. On his return to the side, Borja Iglesias actually could have scored the opener before it arrived on seven minutes, but he had to settle for an assist instead. He aggressively burst through the Villarreal defence, feeding Hernan Perez, who provided a cute finish as he was losing his balance, dinking it over Sergio Asenjo for 1-0. Now, the yellow submarine were levelled just before half-time. Jose Ramiro Funes Mori with a shot on the turn, which was parried. Carl Toko Akambi finishing from close range. Not that the home side would be denied, though, largely thanks to Sergio Garcia. Now, he might be into the twilight of his career, but he was key in goals 2 and 3 for Espanyol. From Oscar Menendo's centre, the 35-year-old's dummy took out two defenders, with Sergi Dada then firing home. And Espanyol managed to put the seal on the victory in injury time. Sergio Garcia again involved, playing in Pablo Piatti, who side-footed Pasta Senjo for his first goal of the season. The result means that Villarreal have only won twice in the last 10 in all competitions, so Javi Calleja's job is still under threat, whilst it's four straight wins for Los Pericos at home, and that means that Espanyol fan Rodrigo Meruelo is a happy bunny. Espanyol's game today is a perfect demonstration of... Uh how important it is to have the correct manager. Uh, last year with uh, Quique Sánchez Flores, same players on the team. Espanyol did a terrible season and uh, the coach Quique said his team couldn't give more, couldn't do anything more. This season uh, with uh, Ruby, every Sunday people in uh, RCD Stadium are enjoying uh, very, very, very good football. Especially astonishing is players like uh, Mark Roca, which last season uh, was every Sunday on the bench. And uh, today he's giving uh, football lessons every Sunday. Well, let's reflect further on those two teams and their season so far. Roman Derquer has been running the rule over Los Pericos and the yellow sub and giving them his marks out of 10. It's hard to believe Espanyol are fifth in the league. Last season, their project seemed more exciting and was a total disaster. This year, we could probably say that the squad isn't as good, but that doesn't seem to be a problem. So a lot of credit to Rubi, who is definitely the best thing that has happened to the team. Also credit to the players, of course. Also, with the signing of Borja Iglesias, they aren't missing Jal Moreno as much as expected. He might not have scored too many goals so far, but he helps the team play and is good at disrupting rival defenses. So I have to rate Espanyol's season so far with an 8 out of 10. Villarreal are far, far away from the level they were expected to give. Calleja hasn't been capable of rebuilding that midfield since Rodri left. Santiago Cáceres seemed like a good alternative, but in his third game a knee injury ended his season. So as a result, in these last few games Calleja has played Funes Mori, known as a central defender, so it's not surprising the team isn't delivering. The other main problem is the lack of goals. Moreno, Baca and Decambi aren't making the most of their chances. Calleja needs answers and he needs them quick. Unfortunately, I'd give their season so far a 4 out of 10. Thank you for that, Roman. Let's now turn our attention to Friday night's Basque derby, which finished Athletic Club 1, Real Sociedad 3, a triumph for youth over experience, as La Real put their recent horrendous injury problems to one side to take a famous victory in enemy territory. Inigo Martinez was at fault for the Vista's first goal, taking out one of the youth players, Lucas Angali, with a high boot. So the ref went to VAR and gave the penalty, confidently dispatched by Mikel Oyarzabal, who, of course, was the subject of huge interest from Athletic in the summer, but who decided to 
to stay in San Sebastián, renew his contract with Real Sociedad and take Xavi Prieto's number 10 shirt. But straight from the kickoff, the hosts attacked and got their equaliser. A centre into the box from Markel Susaeta, ricocheting off Alex Erustondo and Asier Ayermendi and steered home by Iker Muniain. Still, Little Sangali wasn't done yet. Just into the second half, Yurubicici lost the ball, Igor Subeldia made the most, skipped to the byline and centred and the 23-year-old latched onto it and put La Real back in front. And then another penalty late on as Unai Simon brought down John Bautista. Again, Oyer Sabal stepped up. Again, he sent Simon the wrong way. A well-deserved victory, especially with so many youngsters having to assume responsibility. Needs must for the Real Sociedad coach, Asier Garitano, but the kids are all right. So let's find out some more about them, shall we? And speak to Alex Johnson again. Uh, Alex, what can you tell us about La Real's new generation? They are a club that have always put a strong focus on the youth development and they are already reaping the rewards of that policy. Lucas Sangali, who made all the noise this weekend at San Mames, arrived at the club when he was just 12, following the footsteps of his older brother Marco, who failed to make a mark in the first team. Luca is hoping to do better, and he's been one of the brightest shining stars in the youth teams, where he rose through the ranks playing with Alvaro Odriozola, who is of course now with Real Madrid. He also played with another of La Real's stars of the future, Jon Bautista, who was brought down for the second penalty and third goal. A more well-known for us all is Miguel Oyarzabal, and he spoke about Sangali to the Basque paper El Diario Vasco, saying, A lot of people are surprised, but we are not. We see him every day at Subieta and know what an animal he is. He is an example for everything that is La Real. Oyarzabal also praised another La Real talent, Igor Sobeldia, after the derby win, saying, I played with him since we were 13. We are so proud to see the work done at Subieta shown in the first team. So all in all, the future is looking bright and now there's a vital two-week break for Asier Garitano to try and get some of his senior players back too. Cheers Alex. Well the lunchtime game on Saturday was an entertaining affair with Eibar edging it 3-2 away to Girona but topsy-turvy is putting it mildly. A first off a penalty given for handball thanks to VAR and Eibar's veteran striker Charles sent Bono the wrong way. After that Christian Stuani scored twice to put Girona 2-1 up both from close range but they didn't lead for long. Three minutes later from a corner and Aix Arbia header made it to 2 at Montalivi and that was all in the first half. One final header from Sergio Enrique off the back of his head past Bono gave Eibar all three points. Vital they are too as Los Armenos climbed to 12th and Stewani for the Pachichi? Well he currently leads the way with eight goals so far this season. He is ahead of Andre Silva, Yago Aspas and Lionel Messi. Not bad at all. Now to one of the goals of the weekend, arguably the best, from Enes Bardi from a free kick which gave Levante a 1-0 victory at Hetafe. The Macedonian is known for the spectacular and his blistering effort from the set piece would have beaten any keeper. Such was the ferocity and precision of the shot. This ball was travelling. After the goal, Levante had chances to add to their lead through Emmanuel Boateng and Tonio, while to make matters worse for Hetafe, Portillo was sent off at the end for descent to a man they were poor in front of a home crowd and winless in four. For Levante, it's back-to-back wins and Paco Lopez said afterwards that the Coliseum Alfonso Perez would always hold special memories for him. It's where he oversaw his first game in La Liga as a coach in March this year. On that occasion, Levante also won 1-0. They went on to save themselves from relegation. Well, maybe they can dream of slightly loftier ambitions this season, even if he won't admit it himself. 
to a battle of two of the bottom three at Butarque, Leganes hosting Rayo Vallecano and finally winning a Madrid derby in La Liga by taking this one 1-0. The goal came inside the first 15 minutes. Michael Santos with an excellent centre from the right byline and Guido Carrillo sweeping it home for his second goal of the season. It took until after half-time for Rayo to really get going. Alvaro Medran striking the crossbar with a free kick but later getting himself sent off for two bookings and Rayo threatened no longer. It's actually Leganes' first win over Rayo in professional football. Uh, that's to say in either of the top two divisions or the Copa del Rey and overall for Mauricio Peregrino's side it is two wins out of their last three both coming at Putarque and this result takes them off the bottom of the table and from Rayo to the other two promoted teams who met at the Estadio José Zorrilla Real Valladolid have suddenly turned things around it's now three straight wins for them after a 1-0 victory at home to Huesca uh, the goal that was scored really deserved to win it a beautiful Rubén Alcaraz free kick floated up and over the wall and into the back of the net just before the half hour uh, their current run of form prompted coach Sergio Gonzalez to say this when you're a hammer you hit hard and when you're a nail you get hit a lot well Valladolid really are the hammer right now they sit 7th on 12 points 4 points off the lead two points off fourth place. Ronaldo, the new majority shareholder at the club, said there are games which you have to treat like cup finals and this team is showing that unity is there on and off the pitch. On the other hand, Wesker are doing a more than passable impression of a nail. After four points from their opening two games, they've taken one out of the next 18 points on offer. It's five defeats in six, which does worry Leo Franco. He will have a lot of thinking time over the international break. So here's how the table looks. Sevilla are our new leaders with 16 points from eight games. Then come Barcelona with 15 points from eight games, ahead of Atletico Madrid on goal difference, also 15 from eight. Then a trio of teams on 14 points from eight games. That's Real Madrid, Espanyol and Alaves. At the bottom, Huesca have five points from their eight games and an inferior goal difference to second bottom Rayo, who have five points from their seven games so far. And completing the bottom three, Leganes with seven points from eight games and Athletic Club are only just above the bottom three on goal difference seven points from seven games time for your three-word verdicts and there were plenty this week on a number of topics a first on exactly what is going on at Real Madrid this from Alexander Roberts no Cristiano replacement Emily Wilson has gone for needing midfield creativity uh, the next three seem like orders uh, Andy West has gone for by a striker in capital letters and this is from Ian score full stop a full stop goal Full stop. Uh, then general topics of competitiveness in La Liga. Uh, La Liga Gav has gone for La Brilliant Liga. Open title race is the verdict from Neil Parsons. Uh, Vamos Mi Sevilla, says Brian Miller. And Lion Academy FC has gone for Watch Sergi Dada. Yes, Espanol up there and Sergi is one of the reasons for it. Right, that's it for another mini pod. Thank you for listening. Quick reminder of where we are on Twitter at La Liga Lowdown. There's our YouTube channel. We've got some bits and bobs coming up this week. So head to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash La Liga Lowdown or simply put La Liga Lowdown into your search engine. And there's our website which has all of our updated content for you to enjoy. So visit www.laligalowdown.com and feel free to rate this podcast with five stars wherever you listen, however you listen, Apple or Android, and we will chat again very soon. That's your La Liga Lowdown. See you next time. This was a Radio Stakhanov production.